Hey, hey, this week's episode is a continuation from last week's interview with Gary Reinel about icing. You'll hear us continue to discuss the lymphatic system and how that plays a part in recovery, the alternative action to icing that's actually beneficial for the recovery process, and Gary's story on how he implemented implemented the arita protocol through all of professional sports now if you've forgotten who our guest is here is a quick synopsis gary was the first person to really blow the whistle on the rice protocol and has now worked with over 100 professional teams over the last 20 years to facilitate proper recovering and has had astonishing results without icing. Not only has he helped get athletes back to playing quicker, his athletes see less strength and speed loss during the recovery time. He is the author of Iced, an Illusionary Treatment, a book by which is very well written, and I highly recommend that. If you, Especially if you like this interview, you'll definitely like the book. He has spent nearly 40 years in the sports medicine field, and Gary is here to continue to educate on the proper, scientifically proven way to heal from injuries and workouts. Enjoy. You're listening to the Science of Sports Recovery Podcast. Each week, we explore how to recover more efficiently from training so you can work out harder and realize your full potential. This is the Science of Sports Recovery Podcast. The, the last thing that I've heard people do with icing is okay i had a hard workout and you know my calves say my calves that's pretty common uh or shins um they aren't necessarily like they haven't been through trauma like a broken bone a rolled ankle anything like that um but that people just ice on that um now i would imagine that after a workout, there's that similar response of damaged muscle tissue, inflammation going there, and then a little swelling, maybe not as much as like a um, rolled ankle for say, or that big a trauma. Um, am I correct when saying that? And, and therefore icing still being a bad option? It's still a bad option, but remember what you're trying to do. Look, when you get hurt, whether it's slight or severe, doesn't make a difference. Your immune system says, we have a problem, go fix it. There are two things that have to happen. You have to decongest the area in and around the damaged site. And you have to rebuild the related vascular network. That's all there is to it. You got to do those two things. Good stuff in, bad stuff out. That's the circulation part that reduced yep. the swelling. And then you've got to rebuild the related vascular network in and around the damaged site. So if it's slight, There'll be little of that necessary. If it's significant, there'll be a lot of that necessary. And basically, if you look and there's a lot of bruising around the area, there's broken vessels. That's okay. what the bruising is. That's blood that's leaked out. Now you've got to go rebuild those vessels. So you say, well, how would I do that? Like, how do I decongest the area in and around the damaged site? Yeah. Well, making it cold accomplish that task. Of course it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Making it cold worse resting, icing, compression, elevation. Clearly the wrong thing to do. But if you only made it cold, if you didn't do the other three things, I don't know how you'd make it cold and can and not rest 
that would be risky because now you've shut up the signals yeah. to alert you to harmful movement. Yeah, you so that's not a good idea. Don't do that. I wouldn't suggest compressing it, of course, because then you're compressing the vessels you're trying to move the waste through, and that's not a good idea, yeah. or the nourishment through on the other side of it. And elevating it, of course, has the same problems. Whatever you're helping in one direction, you're hurting in the other. So yeah. all four of those things are wrong. Now, you've got some slight damage, and you have trained. You, you simply worked out. Yep. The literature says that that dampens both vascular and muscular adaptation. So is that your goal? No. So then why would you do it? Well, that's what the literature says happens if you do that. But let's look at why it does that. If you put ice on the damaged tissue and your goal is to decongest the area in and around the damaged site and rebuild the related vascular network, which should always be your goal. There should be no other goal. That's your goal. No matter what happens, that's your goal. Good stuff in, bad stuff out. Rebuild the related vascular network if it's been damaged. Okay, so would making a cold do that? Of course not. Yeah. It slows everything down. It, by the way, it slows everything down. That's the <laughs> whole point of it. It slows down the metabolic process. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Is that your goal? Of course it's not. Your goal no. is to decongest the area in and around the damaged site and rebuild the related vascular network. So all you have to do is say, is the thing I'm going to do accomplishing that task? It's not tricky, right? Yep. Would beating with a ball peen hammer accomplish that task? <laughs> no. Okay. Would doing box jumps accomplish that task? Probably not. Probably that's probably not a good idea when you're hurt. Yep. Okay. So what would? Well, what would? If you go back to my day in the late '50s, early '60s, when I played sports. Coaches said to us, whenever we got hurt, got jammed finger in basketball or hit by a pitch or whatever. Yeah. They would say, don't sit still, keep moving it, walk it off. Yeah. If you sit still, it'll tighten up, keep moving it. Everybody in my whole generation knows to walk it off. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Well, why did that work? We never heard of the things that they're doing today with the Reich protocol. That didn't exist. That didn't come around until 78. Yeah. So we all knew to walk it off, to don't sit still, it'll tighten up, keep moving it. All we're doing with the device I was talking about, the H-Wave, yeah. is that we're electronically walking it off. So we're using the, <coughs> we're using the muscle as a pump yeah. to move nourishment and waste. That's all we're doing. Yeah. So you have um, a, a new acronym or a different acronym to remember what is actually the answer, which is um, ARITA, if, I, if I'm, you know, ac active recovery is the answer. Yes. So, and, and what he means by that, again, is that um, using the muscle activation to um, help facilitate the lymphatic system, get the waste out of there um, and heal, let your body do the healing. Um, by the way, that's how the body heals. Stillness is the enemy. If you go to my website, GaryRonald.com, there's a free article called Stillness is the Enemy. You can link it to your podcast if you want. Will do. And that article explains to you right out of the clinical textbooks, stillness is the enemy. And how I come up with Arita, Active Recovery is the Answer, is that I was talking to a reporter uh, from the Toronto Star, and this yeah. is on my website, so you can actually go and read it. Uh, believe it or not, when I was interviewed, they put me on the front page of the Toronto Star 
about why you shouldn't use ice. And it was like, really? I'm front page news of a newspaper? Well, actually, yeah, you can actually see that I was. Yep. But the reporter said to me, well, Gary, if, uh, if, if rice is wrong, what is right? And I said, well, active recovery is the answer. I mean, that's, that's just all there is to it. She said, yeah. well, well, what's the acronym? And I went, hold on. Arita. And she said, what's Arita? I said, active recovery is the answer. And she said, well, you've been saying that the whole time. I said, I know, but I never put it in letters before. So I never had an acronym before. So that's where it came from. Literally, yeah. that's exactly what happened. She said to me, well, so what's the acronym? I'm like, I don't know. Active yeah. recovery is the Arita. <laughs> Fortunately, it was pronounceable, you know, because you don't you don't know if you'll be able to pronounce the, yeah. the letters to something you're saying. And it, it actually it's a word, Arita. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> uh yeah so um quickly i know we're getting toward the end of our time here but i want to um highlight just how it was kind of taking on um this right philosophy the, the right way to think of uh healing process from an injury to a world that was you know dominant with icing as a culture how um, it was uh i'll put it here the easiest way i can one of the first people that i spoke with at the national level i yeah. work with uh, over 100 professional athletic teams use the product that i represent that i work with and the one of the first trainers said to me he said gary don't 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 go out saying this and i went well what he said gary you'll ruin your career stop don't, don't do this. It, mm -hmm. Don't do it. And I said, well, no, I know something that needs to be said and I'm going to go and say it. If it ruins yeah. my career, I don't really care. I'm going to go do it. And then I went and did it. And the first thing that I found was that uh, I went around interviewing um, athletic trainers, physical therapists, sports medicine docs uh, from military bases, uh, um, to professional athletic teams, hundreds and hundreds of professional athletic teams. I go to all their national meetings. So like the winter meeting, I just came back from Major League Baseball. It was virtual this year, but I go. And then the NFL Combine, I go to everything and I meet with the trainers. Yeah. And uh, you have to pay to get in. So it isn't like they know that, oh, let's invite Gary. No, you pay <laughs> to be a vendor, but you're allowed to talk to them then. Yeah. And uh, I started interviewing people, went to the stadiums and went to their practice facilities and uh, Apollo Ono's trainer, and uh, I even got invited to the White House to explain this to the President of the United States personal physical therapist, who is a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. military. Yeah. And uh, and you say, well, what? Go on my Twitter feed and go back to 2016, and you'll see the certificate they sent me thanking me for helping with the care of the President of the United States. Yeah. So we think, well, what? Okay. I went out and interviewed everybody. So I went to the head trainer for the for the Lakers and for the for the, the Jets and the Marlins and the Rangers and I just went everywhere NHL and NBA I went everywhere. If you talk to me, I went. And like I said, Apollo Ono's trainer was one of the most interesting because uh, he's a uh, kind of off-center guy to begin with. He doesn't really go by 
or here's what the techno, he goes and does what he says works. His name is John Schaefer. <coughs> His name is John Schaefer. And when I went to John and I explained to him about why ice was wrong, he said, well, I just want you to know I don't use ice. And I said, well, okay, great. I said, what do you think? He said, well, I never knew why I didn't use it. I just knew it didn't work. Now, based on what you've explained to me, now I know why I don't know it. Now, now I know why I don't do it because now I know why it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I went everywhere and I asked the trainers, what do you do? Someone rolls their ankle, what do you do? And they would tell me. And I'd say, so you have any literature to support that? Because they were basically all doing the rice protocol. Yeah. And I'd say, you have any literature to support that? I'm creating a pile and you know, I don't have an opinion. I just want to know what everybody thinks and kind of justify. I'm going to organize it. Nobody's ever done it. Yeah. Someone's going to organize all the facts. And uh, after about the 20 or 30th or 40th elite level trainer, doctor, therapist, not having any evidence whatsoever that it was a good idea to do it, yeah. I went, there's something wrong. So then I started learning more. And I had to read about everything. I had to go and read about tissue regeneration and about angiogenesis and mitochondria biogenesis and yeah. all the stuff that nobody wants to read unless you're into that. Well, I wasn't into it, but I had to go read it to find out, well, why did they believe this? Yeah. And then I realized that it's almost the worst thing you can do. And once I was asked, well, what would be worse than the RICE protocol, rest, ice, compression, elevation? I said, beating the area with a ball peen hammer while you're sitting there with an ice bag still stuck up in the air with a tourniquet around it. Uh, and you think, well, was it being sarcastic? No, they asked me what would make it worse. And now yeah. if you beat with a ball peen hammer, that would make it worse. <laughs> so when I went out and started explaining, and now I'm past the interview stage, I have hundreds and hundreds of articles behind me and a dozen or more clinical textbooks. And all of the experts explaining to me what they thought and why, and now I really got it. One trainer told me, uh, as we were walking out of his facility, it's in my book, it's the Colorado Rockies head trainer. Okay. And uh, when I was explaining things to him, he was kind of aggressively agreeing with me, and I've just been going along, and uh, I didn't really ever wait for approval yeah. from people. I just explained it. Well, I got a sense from him that he knew I was right. And as we were walking out of his uh, facility, out of the uh, out of the ballpark, yeah. we were down in the main lobby. And I turned to him and I said, uh, I got the feeling that you don't think ice is a good idea. He said, I know it's not. I don't do it. I don't ice. It's wrong. He was the first person at that level, at that elite level, to admit to me that he knew it was wrong. And I was like, wow. I walked out of that stadium. I was a foot and a half off the ground. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I realized that, wait a minute, this isn't crazy talk. Yeah. I'm not going to ruin my career. But it took years to where I had to really, really, really push hard to be able to explain the facts because people wouldn't listen. Yeah. But my breakthrough interview was with Dr. Kelly Starrett, who is a DPT, uh, kind of that rough and tumble tattooed version of the CrossFit world, but yeah. he's very, very well accepted also in the mainstream. 
Yep. I uh, wrote a book called The Supple Leopard and a couple others. Yeah, he's actually going to be on the show here in a couple of weeks. So. Oh, wonderful. Well, you, have, you have a great week. Well, he's going to be talking about his, his knee operation that he just had. Uh, well, so Dr. Starrett um, invited me onto his podcast. Well, it wasn't really a podcast. It was a YouTube release. Okay. And he, he interviewed me at the CrossFit World Championships about eight years ago, nine years ago. And when that broke to the public, he had to take down the comments page because there were such violent statements coming in because I dared touch on the third rail, as he called it. Well, as it turns out, over a quarter million people have watched that video. And when the rough and tumble tattooed community bought in and realized that what I was saying was true, remember, not right, it's true. Yep. I didn't make it up. I'm not an inventor. I'm a reporter. Yep. So... When they, when they started pushing back against the mainstream, they accomplished more in, uh, in a week than I could in 10 years. Because yeah. all of a sudden there were these, these couple hundred thousand rough and tumble, as I call them, tattooed people who got it. If you push back against them, they just said, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And they're a rough batch. And you, you know, it, not that the passive community you know, the people who didn't really care or they didn't want to conflict or, yeah. you know, I don't really want to disagree with anybody, you know, do what you think is right. No, no, that's not the group I, Kelly took me to. Yeah. Kelly took me to the people who were like, that's wrong. It's stupid. Don't do it. And I was like, wow. So the next thing I know, I, I'm getting phone calls and, uh, and emails from people all over the world, mostly this country, but Canada, Australia, Japan, emails coming in saying, I heard your podcast with Kelly and I love it. And can you give me more information? Well, at that point there was no book. Yeah. So that's when I knew I had to write the book because I was spending uh, a long, long, long number of hours per week. And I mean, like I was starting to approach that 30, 40 hour a week, answering phone calls, emails, and yeah. talking to people. And <laughs> what I realized was, well, actually, my son said to me, Dad, you're going to have to write a book because you're giving everybody the same answer every time. This is crazy. You're going to, you're, you can't do this. You can't yeah. spend this much time giving the same answer every time. Yeah, exactly. So but that's when we wrote the book. And then once the book was organized and it was put out, um, suddenly I had credibility, which you shouldn't have because you write a book, but yeah. I had credibility. And then Dr. Starrett wrote the foreword to the first edition. And in that, he wrote, there are a few seminal moments in my career. Meeting Gary Rhino was one of them. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not going to claim I belong at that position in his, sure. in his development. But that changed everything out in the street. And then about a year later, uh, when Dr. Merkin uh, contacted me, and that's who invented the rice protocol. When Dr. Merkin offered to write the forward to the second edition, now I've got Kelly Starrett, the rough and tumble guy, and Dr. Merkin, who made up the rice protocol. I have two forwards on my book. Yeah. It, it was no longer difficult. Yeah. People don't fight me anymore. Yeah. And an odd thing you can do is if you Google my name, you'll find that there are almost no negative comments about my book. There are people who say I'm not qualified. He's not a therapist. He's not a doctor. 
there's that kind of stuff. But nobody says what he says on page 47 is wrong. Yeah. Now, a little thing to you and to your listeners, just in case they've come this far with us. I was asked on a podcast, are you a doctor? No. Are you a therapist? No. Are you an athletic trainer? No. Are you a strength coach? Well, sort of, but I'm not qualified. But I'm, I did train professional world-class athletes for a dozen years or so many yeah. years ago back in the 70s so no i'm not really a strength coach well then why should i listen to you so let me ask you a question how many of them you think there are how many of them athletic trainers physical therapists sports docs yeah how, strength how many of them do you think there are in the whole country how many how many would you guess more than a million yeah and especially if you're talking I mean, North America, worldwide. I mean, you're like a million of them. Yeah, at least. There's at least a million of them, right? I think it's a fair number, right? I've looked it up. There's more than a million. So there's more than, well, there's more than a million registered in their their categories. So here's the question I have for you. Out of those million people, how many have told you what I just told you? None, right? Yep. Okay. Well, then why would I want to be one of them? <laughs> yeah. See, when you're one of them, you have bias. You believe stuff. You think you know. You already learned that. You already yep. thought it through. I had a trainer say to me, 25-year trainer in a major sports franchise, had several championship rings. And he said, Gary, you're just wrong. And I said, well, it's not me. I'm simply presenting facts to you. So I, I'm not, I can't be wrong because I don't, it's not me. Yeah. I'm just presenting evidence to you. Here's the evidence. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to decongest the area in and around the damage site, rebuild the related vascular network. Do you disagree with that? No, that's true. Okay. Well, what you're doing doesn't do that. It does the opposite. Mm-hmm. So that's not me. That's the fact. So he said to me, Gary, you're simply wrong though. I've been doing this for 25 years. I've worked with some of the greatest athletes in the world. It's always worked. I said, yeah, in spite of you. <laughs> now, unfortunately, that trainer's never talked to me again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you see, here's the point of that. It's a very big point. It's a very important point. Mm-hmm. If he were to admit that what he did for the past 25 years was wrong, would he have to also admit that he may have cost his team championship games? Mm-hmm. that he shortened the careers of some of the players that he worked with? Would he have to admit that then? Would he have to say, gee, I wonder if that's why blank never really got over that ankle injury. He's not going to do that. He's a hero right now. When he walks into a restaurant, people want to get his pic- their picture with him. Yeah. I've been there. I've seen it. They want his autograph for heaven's sakes. The news media runs up to him and says, Hey, is Going to play in the nice game? How's he doing? Is he almost better? He's a celebrity. So to admit that what he's done for the past 25 years was wrong, what do you do with that? So if we have time for one fast story, I promise I'll keep it tight. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I won't tell you his name, but I, I, I will tell you off air, and I'll give you his phone number. 
Okay. But I can't do it on air because it involves an actual player. Got it. So here's what happened. Uh, get an email from him. Gary, thought you'd like to hear what just happened. Mm -hmm. We had a player with a longitudinal quad tear. This is at an elite international level. Yeah. We had a player with a longitudinal quad tear. Measured the blood in the quad with ultrasound. Activated the muscles in and around the damaged site for about six and a half hours. Measured the blood in the quad with ultrasound the following day. Gone. G-O-N-E, gone, period. Turned a four to six week injury into running in three days and playing in the world championships in 10. Now, wow. listening, you ought to question that. You ought to say, that can't be true. Yeah. Well, no, actually it is true. But let me explain to you why it's true. First of all, this individual's 25 years, a DPT, ATC, functioning at the highest level in sports in our country. Yeah. He said to me, Gary, I was shocked at how fast doing what you said sped things up. I said, no, it didn't. He said, no, Gary, this is a four to six week problem. We got her back in three days running, 10 days playing in the world championships. You really did. I said, no, we didn't speed it up. You normalized the rate of recovery by removing the related obstacles. That's how long it's supposed to take. It takes four to six weeks when you mismanage it. Yeah. Now, here's what happens. Let's just say that we let that longitudinal quad tear, the blood, sit in the tissue. Following day, it would be swollen, black and blue, very uncomfortable. By the third day, bending the knee would become an issue, yeah. be hard. Likely on crutches for two weeks. By the way, that would be normal when you mismanage. Yeah. It's normal. Okay. So if you had that problem and you let that congestion be there, the swelling in and around the damaged site would suffocate and kill otherwise perfectly healthy cells that were not involved in the initial trauma. Simply a fact. On top of that, you would have disuse atrophy from lack of use. Yeah. Systemic, the whole leg, whole leg would go. The yeah. toe muscles would get, would get weaker. On top of that, the... Remember, it's inflammation repair remodel. So the repair phase would not be remodeled because of lack of action. If there was repair going on, and heavens, if you compressed it, iced it, elevated it, and rested it, then it'd be <laughs> even worse because then you would have trapped the waste in and around the damaged site and prevent yeah. the natural flow of oxygen and supplies. So it'd be even worse. Yeah. But let's just say that uh, we now are out a uh, week and a half. You would have suffocating kills otherwise perfectly healthy cells were not involved in the initial trauma. You would have disuse atrophy. You would have faulty scarring in and around the damaged site from lack of reorganizing repaired tissue. On top of that, because you weren't doing anything and there's actually atrophy going on, instead of increasing, you're decreasing everything. Yeah. You wouldn't have rebuilt the related vascular network. And obviously there's damage to related vascular network because that's what all the bruising was. That's what all the blood was. So you wouldn't have rebuilt the related vascular network and your myostatin levels would elevate from the inactivity yeah. and myostatin inhibits muscle regeneration. So you've actually completed this, by the way, that you lower muscle, your lower myostatin levels by activating muscles. 
you prevent a retard disuse atrophy by activating muscles. Yeah. You rebuild the related vascular network by activating, activating muscles. muscles. You decongest the area in and around the damaged site by activating muscles. You reorganize yep. the repair tissue by activating muscles. <laughs> so that's why active recovery is the answer because it is. Arita is right. Yep. So because he did it right, we didn't speed things up. We now know how long it actually takes. Mm -hmm. not a four to six week problem unless you mismanage it yeah if you manage it it takes three days running 10 days playing in the world championships that is a fact and i've seen that many many times yeah. it were trainers send me information hit by a puck big old swollen thing sticking out the shin next morning gone why because they activate the muscles in and around the damage site all night while the player arrests it and the waste was evacuated. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that that's so powerful. Um, and I, I'm so grateful that you are willing to share this story, all the stories um, to anybody who, I mean, you know, want, wants to hear it or can hear it because it's such an important message to not only elite level athletes, but to, the, the parents of, you know, junior high kids, grade school kids, high school kids, because a lot of times they don't have somebody that has done all the research. They don't have somebody that can tell them exactly how to fix or get out of the way of healing an injury. So what do they rely on? Well, whatever the media tells them. And right now, mm -hmm. you know, what they've heard is, rice well yeah. we're out here trying to get this message to anybody in sport because that is not the answer and who knows like you've mentioned in your book you've mentioned on this podcast i mean who knows what kind of damage ricing has done on certain people's athletic career i mean well, let's take let's take a simple thing so you have a real example High school, senior, yeah. pitcher, all he has to do is perform decent. The scouts are coming to watch this game. Yep. They're not watching for his ability to win or lose. They're watching his ability to control himself on the mound. They're looking for character now. Skill, they've already con they've confirmed it. Sure. It's there. It's April. It's near the end of the season in high school. In, in February, he developed a little problem in his shoulder. Started hurting him. Yeah. Well-meaning coaches and trainers iced him and iced him and iced him. Told him to ice. The kid was getting up in the middle of the night and he was icing because hmm. he thought it was going to fix the problem. And this is a true story. It's now April. Yeah, it's now April. Yeah. Okay, it's now April. He's been icing himself now for a couple months. It's on the mound. His arm's killing him. Very frustrated. The ball's not going where he's aiming it. As a result of his poor performance and his inability to control himself on the mound, he doesn't get a scholarship offer mm -hmm. because he was mismanaged for months. His parents, the coaches, the trainer, the pastor at his church recommended icing it. Everybody's telling the kid to ice it. 
Yeah. Cause he's mismanaged. He doesn't get to go and play college ball. Now, no offense to stocking shelves in the grocery store. I did that job once. That's what he's now doing. We'll never know if he could have made it in college. Yeah. Because he was so grossly mismanaged. Because they riced him. They told him that's what you do to get better. Yeah. Instead of what they should have done, active recovery, solve the problem. And the kid would have been fine in April and he would be playing college ball right now. Yeah. And you say, well, does that matter? To him, it does. Mm -hmm. To him, it does. And no one has a right to take away another person's dream. Exactly. And that's what they've done by mismanaging. And by the way, the story I told you about that athlete with the quad, the longitudinal yep. quad tear, they went to the world championships. That individual scored a goal in the semifinals. That individual played in the world championship. Yeah. That team won a gold medal for the USA. That individual stood on the podium and had a gold medal put around their neck while our national anthem was playing in the background. That individual, if mismanaged, would never be able to tell that story. Yeah. For the rest of their life, you changed the conversation. Well, I didn't get to go because I had an injury. No, now they say I was there. And when they put the gold medal around my neck during the international anthem and the tears were rolling down my cheek, it was the greatest moment in my athletic career. Yeah. As their grandchild sitting on their knee. No one has the right to take away someone else's dream. Yeah. And if I can stop it by simply coming on a podcast or going and giving a lecture at a university, I've talked to parents who have called me and said, I can't believe you talked to me for 45 minutes. So it's not the 45 minutes. It's not you. It's who you're going to tell. It's who your student athlete is going to talk to. It's the trainer that's going to affect a thousand more people. I have no idea. By the way, I never looked you up to see how big your audience is. I have no idea. I don't care. If it's one, if you influence one person, if you give that one athlete with a longitudinal quad tear a chance to have a gold medal placed around their neck during the playing of the national anthem with tears rolling down their cheeks, it was worth every second I spent with you. Yeah, man, I, I get chills when I when I think of that. And uh, yeah, um, so I, we're gonna wrap up here. I'm gonna tell you where you can find more about um, Gary Rhino. Um, I, I like to take some questions from the audience. I post um, on Instagram and, and through email to my audience say, this is who I'm going to be interviewing this week. Um, what questions do you have for them? So I have a couple of questions from the audience um, that I, uh, you answer some of them, um, but these two kind of stuck out to me. Um, one is, and, and these are just meant to be quick answers, like 60 seconds or less. So um, okay. if you don't know or don't want to go into it as feel free. Um, but in the research that you've done, it would seem maybe that um, the opposite of icing would be beneficial. So what are your thoughts on heating um, the area of injury? Well, because I had to also investigate that area because it's the opposite. Yep. Here's the problem. And I don't recommend it. Okay. But here, I don't recommend that you do it, but here's the re reason. 
when you have damaged tissue, the damaged vessels constrict, convert ingredients into blood, grow a clot, repair the vessel, dissolve the clot, and normalize flow in three to 10 days or so. Yep. The healthy surrounding vessels dilate and okay. increase perfusion. So that means that the increased flow is already occurring by your immune system. It's already doing it. Okay. If you dilate it further with heat, you've increased the flow in with no plan out. Mm. See your problem? Yep. There's already the right amount coming. Yep. You don't have to regulate it. It doesn't need your help. Your immune system knows where your eyelashes go and where your fingernails go. Yeah. <laughs> it knows how much repair and cleanup crew to send to the damaged site. Yeah. You put heat on and now you have passively increased flow. Okay. In but not out. No exit plan. Yeah. Whereas if you do active recovery, active recovery will increase the flow in yep. and simultaneously the flow out. So a passive increase in flow in is not a good plan. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and then the second thing was uh, cold water immersion. Uh, not necessarily for a um, health standpoint or like healing standpoint, but for a mental advantage in, in the sport. Some people say, uh, I like being in an ice bath because it's mentally challenging and my sport is mentally challenging. Do you think, in your opinion, um, that they would get what they're trying to get out of that ice bath without hurting themselves if they do it in the in the right time of day? Yes, in the right time of day. And I agree, D discipline counts. Mm -hmm. So I'm all for discipline and there is tremendous discipline of keeping yourself in an ice bath. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, just look at the literature, you'll see that it dampens both vascular and muscular adaptation following training. So if you're going to do it, put it on the opposite side of the room of when you train. So you wouldn't finish training mm -hmm. and then immediately get an ice bath and damp muscular, muscular adaptation. That would be foolish. Yep. So, so let's say you're going to train in the morning at 6 a.m. And you're trying, by the way, the reason you're working out is to cause adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the whole point of, of doing it. Yep. So if you're going to do the ice bath, do it at least 12 hours later. And I would say longer than that, but that's half the day away. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it on the same day I train okay. ever for no reason. I don't care how much discipline you tell me I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. I would be 24 hours before I would do it. Okay. But uh, talking with that individual that we spoke with a little bit ago, Kelly Starrett. Yeah. Kelly says, just spread it out. Just don't do them at the same time. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Kelly on that answer. Uh, but personally, I'm going to spread it out 24 hours out because okay. I don't want to dampen my adaptation to yep. the training I just did in any way. 100%. It's a good discipline. You bet it is. And there's you know, discipline has an advantage. And, you know, can you can you stay with it? Yeah. Can you focus and make yourself do it by and going back to my my days of running from Ocean City? If I had ever thought, we're not going to make it. We can't do this. It's too hard. This is crazy. Nobody our age ever. We never even heard of any of this, let alone someone our age. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing. We should stop. It never crossed my mind. 
It never crossed my mind once that we weren't going to do it or we should stop, right? Gee, yeah. nobody else has ever done it. And the same thing is you get that kind of discipline. I got it that day from the big run. Mm -hmm. I got it from losing, from being psyched out, by being bluffed by yeah. the guy with the chin up record. I don't need to go in the tub of ice to focus and get my discipline. I've yeah. got great discipline. Yeah. But if I was writing my book and I didn't have discipline, I would have quit 50 times. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like, this is crazy. I'm not going to fight with everybody. This is too hard. Everybody, everybody I'm talking to says they do it, even though they don't know why and they can't prove it's a good idea. So I'm all for discipline. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I do a, I do a thing for discipline. It isn't ice. I mean, it's not going in a, in a cold tub, but I do a thing from a hang from a, a pegboard. You know where the pegboard is where you oh, yeah, have board. one in my garage. Well, I have a pegboard also, and I do a dead hang and I just count. And I start counting to 60 after I can no longer hang on anymore. <laughs> yeah. So when hang on becomes impossible, I start counting to 60. Yeah. And you know what? I always get to 60. Yeah. Because I ain't letting go until <laughs> 60. Yeah. And if, but, if, but, if you haven't done that, that is like one of the worst pains in, in athletic. Like I, I, I ran a 410 mile. I've done insane workouts on the track, but dead hanging on a pegboard once like you can't hang anymore it literally feels like your forearms are gonna rip out of your skin <laughs> i feel like my shoulders are gonna dislocate too because you get to that spot where you, you can't hold on anymore yeah. and you just say no i'm not gonna let go yeah i'm not letting go and you just say i'm not going to let go and you're not allowed to count fast you have to have the same pace you always have you can't go what do you want to 60 no you got one two and you just hang there. And when you're at 30, you're saying to yourself, I don't think I can make it today. And then you get to 39 and you go, maybe. Yeah. And then you get to 51, you're saying, no, I can't hold on anymore. And then all of a sudden you're at 60. And just to be, uh, I don't know why exactly, but when I get to 60, I'll just hang there without a count for a little bit. <laughs> just to prove that in case I counted fast in the middle, I made yeah. it. So I'm all for discipline. I get it. And I yeah. know people who go in cold tubs and say it's tremendous discipline. I agree. I agree. I'm not, I'm not against it. But just realize if you do it after you train, you're yeah. going to dampen both vascular and muscular adaptation. Yeah, there's other ways to get that. I, I agree. Um, so I, this is, we might have to split this podcast into two. Otherwise, nobody's going to listen to it because they're going to see how long it is. <laughs> but um, I, I very much appreciate your time, Gary. If you're listening to this and you want more Gary in your life, go to GaryRinal.com. That's G-A-R-Y-R-E-I-N-L dot com you you can find his book there you can find more articles there um i believe he's on twitter as the the anti ice man uh, is there anywhere else you want people to find you gary i think that the, you know, if you find me on twitter at the anti ice man my website has all of my articles by the way all my articles on my site are all free yeah so you just go and print them 
So you go, you go and pull the article on stillness is the enemy or on healed. The healed articles are great articles that talks about musculoskeletal response to uh, tissue loading. And yeah. it's a great, it's a, I just love that article because what I did was I wrote in English a complicated article from the medical literature. But okay. then I give you the references to the medical literature. If you want to go read the more complicated version, you can. But yeah. I write it in English so you can read it. And all my stuff is free. The only thing for sale on my website is my book. And my book's only like, what is it, like $14 or something. Uh, so it's not very nice. expensive. But you don't have to buy my book if you don't want. Listen to my podcast. Listen, read my stuff. There's enough stuff on my website for you to read. Yeah. And then you, you know what's going on. And, and, and I, I try to respond to all questions. So if anybody wants to get a hold of me off my website, just send me an email. And I believe that's how you got to me also, isn't it? Yep. So I, I respond. And yeah, it, very I, quickly. I, may not, I may not have the same day. It just depends. Like last week I was doing the, uh, the winter meetings with Major League Baseball. Yeah. And they had us on virtual uh, meeting for eight hours a day, <laughs> three days in a row. So I couldn't really take calls for eight hours a day for three straight days. But yeah. most of the time, I'll get back to you within 48 hours. Yeah. And if you have a question or an issue that I can help with, that's what I do. I especially look for coaches hmm. and people that influence a group. Yeah. So why do I still talk to a parent of a high school kid? Well, because of what I told you. Parents talk to parents. Do you want that child, that young man or woman, to not have a chance at the next level yeah. of collegiate athletics because you mismanaged them. And then remember what I told you about the trainer who for 25 years told me I was wrong because his people got better. And I said to him, in spite of your efforts. Yeah. And remember why he can't admit it. He can't admit it because he'd have to say, gee, was it my fault we lost that championship game? Yeah. Did I... Did I do things that caused that athlete to never return to play? Did I shorten this guy's career? You see why my critics can't admit it? Yeah. Because they'd have to admit that what they've done in the past had a negative impact on the athletes that they've worked with. Yeah. So it's okay. By the way, I have lots that have no trouble. If you go on my Twitter feed and go back to December of 19, no, 2016 shows how old I am. I went back to 19 just then, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah. 2016 December. You will see a letter, uh, a certificate from the White House yeah. where the president of the United States personal physical therapist sent me a note thanking me for my help. When I went to him and explained this to him, the, the whole anti-ice racing protocol, the guy's a lieutenant colonel in the military. He's at the White House, for heaven's sake. He's <laughs> the president of the United States personal physical therapist. Yeah. What could I possibly tell him that he didn't know? All of this. Because he had come up, he's a doctor of physical therapy, and he had come up with the RICE protocol and basically never thought about it again, just did it. Yeah. And as he said to me, you're changing the way I'll practice medicine. That's the whole point. See, yeah. people like him had no trouble converting. He just said, oh, I get it. I know something new now. K 
Kelly Starrett. The first time I spoke to Kelly, and anybody doesn't know him, his, his big book is The Supple Leopard. He has a site called The Ready State, but just a good guy. And what Kelly said to me when I was explaining to him the first time, which is about 10 years ago when I met with Kelly, yeah. I had no idea how he was going to respond to me. I knew nothing about him other than he was some guru type guy in the CrossFit world 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, Kelly put his hand up after about 10 minutes and said, stop. And I went, oh, I guess that's it. He goes, I get it. I'll never rice again. Like, can you imagine that? Someone at his level, the accomplishments that he had already done, mm -hmm. his status in that rough and tumble world, he goes, no, no, that's wrong. You're right. I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. So there have been a lot of people at the top level who have shifted and said, okay, I get it. I was wrong. But then there are those that, for whatever reason, don't want to admit that they may have shortened someone's career or caused their team to not win yeah. when if they had properly managed, like the longitudinal quad tear playing in the world championships in 10 days, running in three days, that trainer quickly adapted. Others can't, just say if he didn't follow me and I came along now and I said, by the way, because you mismanaged that athlete, that's why they didn't play in the world championships later. He could easily say, oh, no, no, it takes four to six weeks. Yeah, if you mismanage it. Yeah. So take that and remember that and now go help people understand. And if you have a question, contact me. I'll be happy to get back to you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Gary, for your time and, and for blessing our listeners. If you want to learn more information on the H wave that we talked about uh, as well, you can find that on, on his website. There's links to that kind of stuff as well. So um, thanks so much, Gary. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Episode's over. If you found value in this episode, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. And if you haven't already yet subscribed, do so now so you don't miss any important topics in the coming week. And if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, please send them my way. I am most responsive on Instagram. That's at jcheese, J-A-E, cheese, like the food, or email me directly at jace, J-A-S-E, at science of sportsrecovery.com. Talk soon.